What's cooler than that? Okay, so we are back from commercial break. Can everybody hear themselves? We must be on cable. I can hear myself. <laughs> cool. So, <clears throat> we kind of left off talking about, I guess, the reality of the adults and the children in this world and how everything goes and kind of the <clears throat> disappointment that goes along with it. I apologize if you can now <laughs> see axes. We were playing with some toys, but. So, Cy, one of the things I wanted to ask you, and hopefully I was going to hopefully get even maybe one of your sons in here. Because I'm very interested in what young people have to say about these Oh, you these want to talk issues. to young kids, yeah. Not well, you said that in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk to Carter. I could try to get Carter in here. I don't know. It'd be cool. My daughter would be the one that would want to. But Let's she, bring her on. She's, uh, she's well, so she's so really young. young. Yeah, how maybe, old, how old is your oldest, Errol? 17. 17? Okay. Yeah, we'll protect the children. Okay. Yeah, after have one more year, man, he's gone. He's off to school. That's it. Doesn't care about you. But anyway, good for him doing something I didn't do. So. Right. <laughs> so we 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 now live in a world where young children, and we just did a podcast with Justin about this. Young children are constantly watching the adults go through breakups, divorce, separation, just destruction. You know, destruction of the family, destruction of um, even. I was watching a TV show with my girlfriend recently, and I forget the name of the TV show, but I, I told her, as we were watching this TV show, it's about these adults who are just, they're dating everybody, and it's like late 20s, early 30-year-old human beings, like grown adults, and they're sitting in these chairs, and they're going... Is that Friends? Like, what is this? It's not Friends. <laughs> I was like, it's no, not it's, a lot like Friends. He's watching the Kardashians. No, it's oh. literally like The Bachelorette. <laughs> Oh, or the oh. Bachelor show, you know, but it's like, like a bunch of different people all like dating. Love Island, Big or something. Brother, maybe well, something like brother. that. No, not Big Brother. Yeah, like something like that. Mm -hmm. But these <clears throat> these grown adults, right? They're sitting around and they're going, you know, do you still love your ex? Like they're they're grown people. And I I, I was talking to my girlfriend, right? And she's, just, I was like, I'm so <clears throat> embarrassed. She's just eating up this drama. Yeah, <laughs> she loves it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm so ashamed of our generation, right? Because I'm unfortunately, I have to call myself a part of this because I'm not, I'm not as petty as a lot. I don't think I am, but <clears throat> I'm not married. I don't have any children. You know, I've procrastinated on these things up to this point in my life as well, right? So I'm watching these adults on this TV show, and they're just arguing over these stupid, petty, pointless. Like, I don't really like her. Or you still talk? Let me see your phone. Like, I can't believe you're dating such and such and so and so. And it's so, it was such a, it almost blew my brain up. You know, I was so ashamed of the adults in our generation. And we're so focused on ourselves, it seems like. <clears throat> you know, so from your perspective as a younger man watching, like, the older generation before you, go through marriage and divorce and dating and all this nonsense that we do. And you've had a girlfriend, you know, for mm -hmm. a while. You, um, you've, you've dove into the dating pool a little bit. What is your view of the mess that is the dating world right now <clears throat> and the marriage? What do you see when you look at the adults around you? What do you see? Is, is there any... Are you inspired at all by the relationships around you? Is it disappointing like I was? What What is it? 
Um, inspired's not a word that that comes to mind when I think of these things necessarily. Uh, I think a lot of people make um, mistakes because they go into it with um, expectations that are not realistic. So you've got, um, again, the fantasy where you imagine this thing and that's, that's what you're, you know, expecting. You expect a romance novel and that's what you expect out of your relationship. And it's really... It's nothing. It's nothing like that. If it if it lasts all the time, because the thing about here, I, I like to give this example. Mm. So like, take uh, I, I I'll use Seth. Seth is our brother, right? Yeah. I love Seth, right? I would die for Seth in a heartbeat. But there's almost no one who could piss me off more than Seth. more than Seth, <clears throat> especially when we were younger, right? <laughs> and so if I say that I love Seth, then it doesn't mean that I'm always happy with Seth or that I'm in general happy with Seth or even that I typically have warm, fuzzy feelings in his direction. Mm, right? right? That's not what that means. What it means is when I say I will die for you, that means I will act in a certain way towards you when I say I love you. It means I'm willing to um, make sacrifices and that's really what it is. And so when you go in expecting the emotions, um, those are fine but that's not what sustains things long term necessarily. I think the emotions are very important, though. I, I don't, I don't want to um, under, I don't want to downplay that that aspect. But it's like the way you start a fire is with a spark, you know, and you get the spark right, but then the spark, you know, kind of goes away, and it takes like okay, you gotta now you gotta make sure you know you get you get oxygen to it, and you're constantly putting things on there so it can keep burning, right? Otherwise, it burns out. Right. So to me, um, love is not a storm of emotion. Like it's not a feeling like that. And it's a good thing too because storms don't last and marriages need to last. And so you got to have something more than that. Hmm. And so I think it grows from that spark into a mature commitment, hmm. right? Because there will be times I known, I've known people that have been married and they would say, yeah, like I, I actually, you know, hated – him or her for a few years, you know, but we stuck it out, you know, and now, and now like, I love that person. And like, I'm so happy when I see them. And that's one of those things where it's another thing we see with our generation where hardship is interpreted as something that you just, you shouldn't have to deal with it. You shouldn't have to deal with the hardship mm. and it's actually beneficial for you and your relationship. Again, it's like, when you go through the things that are difficult, that's what forges you. Now, that's not to say that you can't encounter something within your relationship that's so detrimental that you have to abandon it. But I think once you're married, especially if you have kids, like even like even if you do separate, your life is never you're never totally separate. Especially you have kids like okay. Like oh yeah. You know. So, yeah, that's how I look at it. Yep. Forever entwined. Mm -hmm. You have children mm -hmm. almost. Um, what, is, uh, what does Mr. Errol think? He's, he's had a little bit more experience with the kids and the, you know, <laughs> that whole deal. Well, the kids are the only thing that keeps it, I guess, for mm -hmm. our side. But as far as that goes, <laughs> yeah. that's really? as far as it goes. Yeah. Really? You mean for, for the men in, the, in, this, in this case? Well, I meant for, like, my kids and, like, 
my ex-wife. Oh, I see, I the see. The ex-wife's side. Okay. Like, like you said, you're always entwined with them. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the, the only thing that, the reason I talk to her is because of the kids, right? Right. That's well, the only reason. That's another thing, too, is like, it's not about you all the time. And people don't understand that anymore. It's not about you. And we have a we have a we have a tendency to make things about ourselves a lot of times. And we're not very self sacrificing. Mm. And I think that's where children lose because one of the number one predictors of um, your lifetime success is whether or not you had a father in the home. And so when I look at myself, and a lot of people could look at you know how we were raised and how we you know, developed and say that we weren't very privileged people. I was very privileged. I was very privileged to have a father and to have the kind of father that we did have mom and dad, you know, like that's something not everybody had. You can have all the money in the world and you don't have, but you don't have my dad. You don't have my mom. Right. You know? So, um, like if you have a father in the home, you're more likely to do better in school, to do better socially academically, um, financially, physically, everything. Like, children that have their father in the home are more physically fit. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just, there's there's so many benefits <laughs> for the family being together like that, and, and, it, and, it, and it's really for the children in that case, you know? Mm. And that sets up the next generation. So, so would you say mm-hmm. parents, mothers, moms and dads who are going through struggles, would you say that, what, what would you say would be the breaking point for a marriage? What, where, when do we call it quits? What would you think? Well, your wife went out and banged 15 dudes. Is that <laughs> the end of it? I'd like to think so. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Do we step out when we start involving other people in the relationship? Is that when we break it? Or do you think there's <clears throat> do you think there's a benefit to holding together even through that? Because that seems to be for our generation, you know, and for me specifically watching this TV show and just getting so much disgust from watching these individuals, like you were talking about, just the selfish nature of, of the kind of people that we've turned into. We just... We're just constantly thinking about ourselves. We're not thinking about the children. We're not thinking about our family. We're not thinking about our image that we're putting forth towards the world around us, like this positive. You know, we're just thinking about our own selfish emotions, you know. So it makes you wonder, you know, when times are really hard. Times do get hard when that spark is gone, when I hate you. You know, I legitimately, you're a woman that I used to love, and now I, I, it's just, I want to punch the wall when I see you, right? And mm-hmm. I want to get out of this house. I, it stresses me out. I had a girlfriend at one point. I would stay at work late. <laughs> you know, I've never been the guy to stay late at work. Like, just, oh, yeah, I want to keep working. Let's go. Like, when it's time to quit, I'm ready to go home, you know? I would stay at work late because I didn't, I knew she was at the house waiting for me, and I didn't want to come home. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, do you is that w- would you say that's a selfish? You're like, no, no, you shouldn't break up over that. You need to talk. You need to work it out. You need to, you know, like it's selfish of you to just say, all right, I'm gonna. I hate you now. I can't figure out why. 
You just, you upset me, and I'm just done with this. I'm going to walk away. Let's just quit. Right? What's the breaking point for a marriage? You're a young man. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm picking your brain. You mm-hmm. don't, you haven't been through marriage or anything like that, but the adults in the world don't seem to have a clue and they seem to want to look to very young people for advice these days. So <clears throat> you're a very intelligent man at this point in your life. You know, you're, you're, the intelligence level that you have is far above the people that we should be asking these questions to, <laughs> you know, but. We're here. We want to get some some advice from you. What you're seeing and what you think. When do you call it quits in a marriage? What would you say? Is it worth it to ever quit? Should you stick through everything? If your wife goes out and sleeps with 15 dudes, do you call it quits then? Or do you stick it out? Okay. But at that point, Can you she, fix did, it? did she already call it quits? You know? Mm. Like, like you said, doesn't it take both of you? Takes two. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> Shouldn't just make something work just because you wanted to. Right. You're kind of like, <laughs> right. you're kind of being a little soy boy if you stick it that's out. That's a good right? point. Yeah, you're that's weak. a good point. Well, and so, yeah, there's some there's some tricks with that. I mean, should you stick it out? Well, okay. I would say if there's kids, you should think about that. Mm. Um, well, <laughs> Daddle, uh, if, if there's children, you should think about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Kids, I get it. Um, and I think... Um, it kind of depends on how much can you take? How much can you forgive? And then can you forgive that person and still be there with them? And can you actually forgive them and not be bitter? Mm. I would wonder if you could do that. And if you could do that and the person could reconcile with you and be genuinely remorseful, And there could be genuine remorse and genuine regret and a genuine apology and an actual change. Um, And you could actually forgive them. Then if, if that were achievable, then I would say that might be something that's worth saving. If, if you've put a lot of years into it, if you put years into it, you should be, you should be, you should be slow to throw it away. You should, you should hesitate even in that case. Um, So, I mean, what is a person's breaking point? Your wife cheats on you. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty horrible. What if, well, no, let's let's pose some more questions to each other here, right? We're a group of men, okay? (laughs) What if, you know how your girlfriend, sometimes when you walk in the room, they put their phone down right away, and there's this little click in your brain that goes off, and it goes, why did she put that down so fast? You know, I trust her for sure. I love my girlfriend. But why the hell did she put that phone down so quickly? You know, or why? Like, certain levels of trust are sometimes, it's all just in your head sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Sometimes someone will put their phone out of respect, like you walked in the room, and we want I want to have a conversation with you. You know, well, that's why I always put my phone down. Right. Like, yeah. but some people see it as like you're trying to hide something, but I do it out of like respect Lock your that phone I'm quick. Yeah. I'm giving you like my attention. Mm-hmm. But our male minds, <laughs> you know, when you see when you walk into a room, and your girlfriend puts her phone down really quickly. <laughs> do you ever think she put it down out of respect for you and she wants to talk to you? What goes through your head? Nothing good, right? <clears throat> so our brains, 
We live in a world now where females and males, we all have access to this, right? And on this, nine times out of ten, your girlfriend's going to have more access to men than you are to women, right? <laughs> She's going to have her dude friends, her guy friends. She's going to know people. Dudes are always going to be trying to talk to her. Right, you got to navigate through that because you're not getting the same attention on your phone, more than likely, right? So you can build up in your head, and I've been in this situation where you can can almost be bitter to a point where someone else is getting attention. In this case, it could be your girlfriend or your wife, you know, and they might not be giving into that attention. They might not be breaking, you know, for the the low hanging fruit, right? Mm-hmm. But because you're not seeing that, you're not getting that attention, it develops, it, it puts this irrational fear inside of your, your head that, you know, they're involved in something that I'm not involved in, you know? <laughs> they're doing something sketchy, right? And you just, now every time you see, you walk in a room, you see your girlfriend on her phone, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or your girlfriend's out on date, on girls' night. What are, where are you at? Where are you at? Like, you, these kind of guys come out of stuff like this. What's the fix for a man who has jealousy, right? I'm sure we've all dealt with a little bit of jealousy. What? How, what's the – people will say, you know, as a man, you just got to bottle things up. <laughs> you have to kind of suck it up. You have to process things in your head. You have to understand that you're being irrational. You have to understand that things are out of your control. You can't control other people's behavior, right? So what do you do? When you're having feelings <clears throat> of jealousy. Because I've dealt with jealousy, you know, when it comes with... I don't, and I don't even know if I can call it jealousy. It's more or less distrust. And more... A lot of my distrust mm-hmm. is based on behavior that I have witnessed mm-hmm. in the past. You know, so my distrust is based on actual events, right? It's not all fabricated in my brain. I've seen some pretty dirty things in my life. I've seen some horrible behavior out of different people. And now... When I look at a certain individual, it's hard for me to separate sometimes you from the person that I saw the other day doing the same thing, right? Just because you're in the same physical form almost. You know, you're you're a woman. She was a woman. I watched like three of those women do the same damn thing. (laughs) You must be doing it too, right? So how do you get over stuff like that? How do you deal with jealousy? Jealousy? Jealousy. I don't know. At the same time, I think it's also, I mean, you should be more worried if you don't care, right? (laughs) <laughs> See, people say that, right? I've heard people say I that. I feel like, because jealousy is also, I'm not saying it's right to 100%, but like it's also showing that you do care. I feel like a, a good way. relationship, If you though, didn't care, you'd just be like, oh, I don't care what she's fucking doing. Yeah, right? but wouldn't like, it be, wouldn't you it? You just walk away, I don't care what that. Mm. You just, if you gave up, then like. <laughs> but if you do care, point, right? if you do care and you're going through all these emotions, doesn't that mean on some part the person that you're in a relationship with holds some responsibility for why you're feeling that way? Because they are Unless they presenting themselves to, in a way that well, makes you distrust that or they them. They did something to like give you their mm. distrust, right? There's always that too, right? There is. Always that one time when you you saw something that you were like, what? what what was that just now? And then from that day on, your mind can just go in a million different directions. So I don't know. What's the solution to a jealous mind? If you're a guy that's dating a girl and you're like, I don't like the fact that she's always on her phone and I don't know what the hell she's doing over there, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Like we live in this world now where your girlfriend can sit there and look at you in your face and be on her phone talking to you and texting a dude, right? Because sending you know, pictures. You're seeing it because you know people do do it. So you think I've been involved also, in it. They but you think that next person will also do it, right? Yeah. Cuz enough people are doing it that you just mm-hmm. what what disassociates them from that person, right? Cuz is she just another girl? <laughs> Mm. doing the same thing mm. mm-hmm. or you know vice versa i'm sure it happens you know to women too so then we have to ask the question <laughs> how much experience with relationships and dating should a person really expose themselves to how much is good for you you know is it good for you to have gone through three or four or five different girlfriends and you've watched them all do different things and now you have all it's like i explained it to one person like this <clears throat> Like if you were to get on an airplane and you fly a hundred times, but one time your airplane crashed, you survived, okay, but this jet that you were on crashed. From that day forward, every time you get on an airplane, you're always going to think, oh my God, what if this thing crashes? Worst case scenario is going to come into your head. You know, you're always going to have that in the back of your head. So the more you expose yourself to relationships the more you expose yourself to that that the dating scene the you're just throwing yourself around kind of in this dirty way knowing that oh it's probably going to end whatever and you, you you come upon these dirty experiences you're just the more you do that the more your brain retains these negative experiences right because you're constantly getting with someone and you break up you get with somebody else, you break up. Why did you break up? And what led up to it? It was all just a bunch of negative experiences that now you carry over into a new relationship. And every new relationship you get into, you're like... Everybody has their baggage, right? Hey, you've got all this knowledge in your head. It's, it's knowledge that's not necessarily good knowledge. It's just negative stuff that's holding you back. I think that plays a lot into why men deal with jealousy in relationships sometimes. Because they have so much... Even women, you know, not just men, but women too. They have, you've got so much negative knowledge in your brain from past experiences that you've put yourself through. It's like now every time you step on the plane, this relationship plane, all you think about is the end of it and crashing and burning. You got diesel fuel, jet fuel all over you, and you're gonna die. So now you're wondering if it's worth like going through all of it, right? Yeah. You're so you're like, it. why do I even do this anymore? And then we find ourselves in the world that we have now, where it's like. What marriage? Why would I? The plane's gonna crash. I've seen this too many times. I've went through it. Why would I step on that airplane anymore? I'm just not gonna get <clears> married. <throat> I'm just gonna date openly. Any now we live in this world, right? Mm-hmm. People, you, can I ask a question? Yeah. Do you think um, you've ever been the person in the relationship that the other person was worried about? like that 100 percent, i think i was but it wasn't made aware to me that's the odd part i always thought that i was the good person in the mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. but i'm sure 100 percent, mm-hmm. i'm sure i was the person someone was worried about mm-hmm. and i probably they probably had good reason mm-hmm. okay you know? mm-hmm. yep. so there's also that knowledge in your head of you right screwing your own self over by yeah. being dishonest yeah by lying to somebody when you tell mm-hmm. a lie where is it? I wish I had. It's posted up behind that curtain. The originator of this entire show, BTG Squad, behind the glass. I wrote a poem. Mm-hmm. You know? 
when you tell a lie, it sticks with you. You, you think lies are simple sometimes. You think, oh, I'll just no. tell a quick little lie and get out of this. But lies just compound themselves. We see that sometimes in movies or whatever else, real life. Mm-hmm. When you see this person, he killed this person. And then that person knew somebody and he had to kill that person. Or that person, you got to, if you kill one person, you find out, oh, I got to kill two more people now to keep this quiet. And then I got to kill a couple more. Well, that's the thing about the lie is that the lie is a lie because it doesn't reflect reality. Exactly. And so the thing is, it's, it becomes apparent as the lie floats around because reality doesn't correspond to it in all these different ways. And so you end up having to like, change how things look everywhere else and you can't change all of reality so the lie is always there and it's always it always sticks out and so i think um on that note i think whenever you go into a relationship the way that you start it and the intention you take into it matter and they set it up for either failure or success so how did the relationship start was this fling it's like well okay you were asking for trouble probably you were asking for trouble and you should have known better Um, let's, let's look at it this way. Here's, here's what I did. Um, and that's what I want to hear. Here's what I did. So, um, um, when I was, um, dating my girlfriend, here's a, here was a ground rule relayed. I was like, okay, we're not going to lie to each other. He said, I'm going to tell you the truth as best I can all the time. That was the rule. I said, we won't lie to each other and that we want the best for the other person, even if that's not me. So even if I'm not the best person for you, I want you to win. So you go into it with that intention, okay? Mm. And then and then here's here's the other thing you should do. Okay, you don't know this person. You don't know this person. You really don't. You really don't. So you, you get to know the person, right? Mm. So I think also, too, this is where the stage of the relationship you're in matters. So if it's an early stage, you're getting to know that person, right? So if I see this person and they're doing stuff that looks suspicious to me, what I do is I watch him. I say, okay, this person does this. Every time I do this, every time I walk into the room, they put their phone down. They close it quick and they, you know, they shove it away, right? Like they're, you know, right. Okay. Um, so you can look at that and... Basically, what they're, what you're doing is you're just okay. You're 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 actually getting to know them. You're getting to know them. So what you do is you just let people. I actually what I like to do is I don't like to tell people what I want them to do. I like to watch and see if they'll do the the, the right thing, which is usually you know say that's what I want them to do. And if you don't do the right thing, then I'm like, okay. So I, I I know who you are. I can I can see who you are. And then the thing about people is you can always trust people to be themselves. Mm. And so when you do that, I will trust you to be yourself. So I had this I had this other rule. We had this other rule, which was that, okay, it was more of an informal rule, but it was um, anything you do for me, I do for you. So there's reciprocity. So we would be driving somewhere. We're going to dinner, right? We're driving in my truck. So we're going to listen to some music. My phone is connected to the Bluetooth in my truck. So I unlock my phone and I give it to her. Play some music. Okay. What does that tell her though? What does that tell her? Now what I'm saying when I do that is like, okay, there's nothing on this phone that if you find it, I'm going to be ashamed. But you deleted all that stuff earlier. Right. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you could look at it that way. That's all she thinks. You could look at it that way, right? Right. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is, okay. It does show a huge level of trust. Right. Is where I'm like, okay, like, because I don't, I don't have anything to hide. And so then when you, when you give them that kind of, um, that kind of honesty, um, I think if you've done it right, you get it back. And if you don't get it back, then you just say, hey, you know, it's been nice. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go and you do you and I'm going to do me. And I don't think that, I don't think that this works without us fundamentally at least trying to be honest with each other. Because it's one thing to tell the truth. Like, that's actually kind of difficult because it assumes that you know what's true. But it's another thing to not lie. So it's like, that's why we said, okay, we're not going to lie to each other. Mm. So the way you start is really what sets it off and that sets the tone for everything else. It's like when you say, like, um, you know, you always have to get to the root of things. Yeah. And so if you have mistrust in your relationship, well, did it, like, how did this start? You should look at how it started. What were the ground rules? Do you have any ground rules? Or did you just kind of fall into something? Because the thing is, people are so different. You might assume that they have the same kind of presuppositions or assumptions in the relationship that you do, and they don't. So you got to figure that out. Mm. So that's important. So that's the kind of legwork I think you should do. And so you should do that at the beginning. You should be straight, right. you should be straight up. I was like, okay, we're going to do this. we got to be honest. I agree with that. And a lot of relationships don't start out that way. <laughs> Maybe, what, 80% of them probably don't? Like, how often do you go to the library and just, hey. There's that old saying, nice guys lose, right? Nice guys finish last. Nice guys finish last, right? And men are afraid of that. So a lot of men, even though it might be a wholesome scenario where it's like, oh, it's a great-looking woman. I'm a great-looking man. We're both sober. You know, <laughs> this, this is a nice environment. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to go be nice. I'm going to approach her. I'm going to be a gentleman about this. You know, a lot of men have this fear in the back of their heads from experience, this negative knowledge I was talking about earlier from getting shut down. Like when a woman will look at you like you are a fool if you don't come at her with the perfect Romeo and Juliet lines, right? You know, mm -hmm. so to start out the these relationships like you're talking about, I 100% agree. You know, you need to start it out on a positive, very intentional note, you mm -hmm. know, but a lot of people, a lot of men are very afraid of doing that for fear of looking like the nice guy who's mm -hmm. playing it too safe oh, or well yeah i mean you i don't mean to interrupt but you can look at it that way when i when we did this i was saying okay like we're gonna do it this way or we're not gonna do it at all so it's not me being a nice guy these are the rules i can't do it any other way that's true yeah i'm talking more but, about yeah. the initial yeah the, it's like guys <laughs> guys are like no man i need to get drunk this guy I need some courage me in my yeah. normal state of mind. Also that, like a lot of women, I'm not saying, but like you said, not all guys are like great looking dudes, right? So like if Hard. he tries to like talk to a woman in a library or the grocery store creep. or in a normal setting, he's just a creep that come up and talk to him, even though he might have had good intentions. 100%. Right? So, if, so we, if you're not in a bar or like on an app trying to meet somebody, like that's the only way you should like 
that's been like set a standard to like meet somebody right. is those settings and that's about it. Realistically, it's a is either a dating app or or like in a social environment, mm-hmm. right? But then they're also like like you said they're now they've been drinking like how well, how right in the state of mind are they? At that situation. Yeah, that's that 80% of relationships that I'm talking <laughs> about where it's like we all we started at the bar, you know, like well, that's, me and my wife. Yeah. So but I agree, like throughout that stage, right? Then mm-hmm. you get if you get to the stage where we're in the very beginning stages of this relationship, mm-hmm. like you said, 100%, mm-hmm. that's very beneficial. You should lay down those ground rules mm-hmm. right there at the beginning. Let's start this out on a serious note. Mm-hmm. This is what I want, okay? It's women are not going to respect you. People they'll say, "Oh, you're insecure." You know, if you're telling me I don't I can't go out and drink with my girls. I can't talk to guys. I can't have guy friends. You're insecure. No, I'm very secure if, like you said, I'm going to tell you right here and right now at the beginning of this, this is what I will tolerate. This is what I won't tolerate. We got more dude mm-hmm. friends and girlfriends. We got Yeah, you can walk away from this. I'll walk <laughs> away. Saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if, if they're friends, if not exes, right, most of the time. Right. Dude, it's, it's a wild world. <laughs> yeah. So kind of closing this out, because we're still, we're going long, man. One of the last questions that I did want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any hope for your future as far as dating and marrying and children and all of this stuff? Is that something that you're interested in right now? Or is that something that you've kind of put on the back burner mm-hmm. and you're looking mm-hmm. to build yourself up a little more, get a little more experience in life? What's your outlook for that? You're 20 years old right now. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys back in the day when marriage was a real thing, 20 years old was, was great marrying age. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, you're yeah. a man, you're getting married, start your own family now. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about 20 years old in 2023 right now? What's your outlook? We're, we're, what are you looking for or not looking for? Okay. So for... Relationships. I want to go back to the uh, example you use of like, okay, you get on a plane and, you know, 99 out of 100 times is fine. And the one time it's not fine, right? It's like, that's the one you remember. Mm. Um, I want to say to me, it's not as dire as that because I'm not staking my life on it. So if the plane crashes, I don't die. Or if I don't get married, it's not the end of it's not the end of my world. So I look at it that way. So first of all, I look at it that way. And then the other way I look at it is, um, so you have the issue of like, if you want to actually attract someone, like you want to get a person like, okay, you got to go, you know, you know, work your game, you know, like get your pickup lines ready, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, To me, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, success uh, hinges on, a kind of a weird reverse psychology. Um, so I'll use an example, like at work. Okay. What you do is you, you work an hourly rate. Basically, if you're a regular employee, you work an hourly rate. So you get paid, you know, a certain amount per hour. And so you're valuable for this much per hour, right? And so people for, you know, if they want to get more money, what they'll do is they'll work more hours, I don't like to do that. What I like to do is make my time more valuable so that I can make more in the same amount of in, a, in the same amount of time. And so you do that 
by not working for money counterintuitively. You do that by just working to increase your skill set and expand your abilities and your intelligence and your, your uh, how would you say, your competence, right? Mm. And so what I look to do is if I want to attract women, the better question is, okay, how can I become someone that is worth someone else's time? In the same way, like, if you want more money from your employer, how can I become someone that is worth more money, right? Don't ask, how can not, how can I ask for, how can I ask really politely for a raise? No, I'm going to make it obvious. Mm. You need to pay me more because you can't replace me. Right. Right. And so right now what I'm focusing on is um, being the best man that I can be every day. And I found that if you, you do the work and you have the good intentions, good things fall in your lap. It's true. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Be honest. I have found telling the truth. That's that's really the key to yep. life. It honestly is to tell yourself the truth. Tell people around you the truth. It's actually very hard to do. It's incredibly because once to you do. start paying attention to what you're saying, you actually notice you lie a lot. You lie so much. And you lie in little ways, but you notice it's still a lie. Yeah, you tell yourself, I do look good today. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Even though I didn't work out for the past (laughs) week, right? You tell yourself, I didn't lose that Mm -hmm. much strength, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, My my vocabulary is great, even though I've never read a book in 15 years. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's one of those things I was talking with Dad uh, yesterday about it. Because there's a... There's a verse, and I'm forgetting where in the Bible, but it says, um, you'll give an account for every idle word. Mm. You will give account for every idle word. And that's kind of uh, kind of scary to think about. And I had difficulty with that because I was trying to decipher what an idle word was. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, Does that mean like me and my dad can't talk about the movie we just watched because it's not eternally significant? You know? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think that's it necessarily, you know, because you can have good in-depth and personal conversations about those things that build relationships, you know, and so it's not a net and then that's an eternal, you know, mm-hmm. that has eternal consequence. So what I noticed, um, I was able to, I was able to, to figure out when I was speaking idly and it looked like whenever I was speaking idly, it meant that what I believed, what I was actually doing and what I was actually saying, those three things did not align. Ah. So if I was ever talking to somebody <clears throat> and I found myself um, struggling for talking points because I actually didn't care about the conversation. Right. Or when you ever, you ever been in, um, <laughs> in a, like a room that has like a lot of like, um, I don't know, a lot of uh, noise in the background and you're trying to talk with someone and they say something and you don't hear what they said and then you smile and nod. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. oh, oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. Course, exactly. Right? You know, I've just decided, I was like, okay, it's like, just just, just try not to do that. And try it's actually... present. Right. And that's the thing is like, a lot of what we say too, it skips the part, <laughs> the thinking process and it just goes right out the mouth. You sure. don't actually think about it. Like, you, you're sitting down at a restaurant, and the waiter says, enjoy your meal, and you say, you too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, that's an example of, like, how 
reactive speeches, and a lot of times it's actually not you thinking, you know. And so I have to force myself to stop. Just don't say anything for a second. Just wait a second mm-hmm. and let yourself think for just a second. And if you slow it down, it's a lot better. So that's where it, you know it comes in again. Um, be quick to hear and slow to speak. That kind of thing. 100%. So, and it's another thing too. Listening is so difficult because a lot of times when people think they're listening, they're not, they're not so much listening to understand the other person. They're just like kind of hearing them speak until they find their end to say the thing that they thought about saying five minutes ago, you know? Yeah. A lot of people try to remember. I've been guilty of this before. You (laughs) you hear someone talking, you Mm want to say something. So then you tune out the rest and you're like, I got to remember what the hell I was going to say. And when they're done talking, you spit it out. Right. And then it throws it throws a <laughs> wrench into it you and lose. the conversation's moot, you know? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's very hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And I I've always wondered why sometimes it's so hard to focus on just listening. You know, and it's it's like sometimes when you're like me, for instance, when I'm eating. Mm-hmm. I want to have the TV on. I don't know why, <laughs> but I want it on. I want a show on. I can't just yeah. sit there and eat in silence. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to have something just and to us I think that's a neg I think that's turned into a negative thing because you you end up having conversations with other human beings and just like you said, they're words so, sometimes. It's mm-hmm. just background noise yep. to you and you're you're in your own head, the TV's going, someone's mm-hmm. talking to you. Mm-hmm. It's just the TV and you're mm-hmm. You're doing whatever you're doing in your head while you're eating your food, trying to watch a TV show, yep. you know? Don't talk to me. I just want to eat my food. <laughs> yeah, I just want to eat my food, yeah. right? Well, it's, mm-hmm. that's not a necessarily bad thing either. You want to be, like, in your own peace, right? Like, mm-hmm. your own. I don't It's know. not a good thing or a bad thing, I don't it's, think. I think it's something that needs to be trained out of us, though. Like, you have to be okay with silence sometimes. Yeah. You have to be present. You have to be more present, right? That's kind of a way of you separating yourself from just the reality of the moment. You're here, you're eating dinner, it's yeah. quiet, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You're like, no, mm-hmm. I, I need the TV going, right? Mm-hmm. No, just yeah. be present in yeah. this moment. Do yeah. one, Like you said, you were talking earlier about what has my focus. If mm-hmm. my phone has my focus, I'll put the phone down. Okay, well, the TV has my focus, and I'm trying to eat, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. and then eventually that's going to present itself in mm-hmm. your normal life when we're having a conversation in exactly. a podcast yep. or something like that. Yep. You're Very like, I can't so. focus on everything. Why can't I? It's because mm-hmm. you've trained your brain mm-hmm. to try to focus on all these mm-hmm. little. You won't focus mm-hmm. on just one simple yeah. conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and that's another thing, too, is people... Um, they, they talk at each other, mm. but they don't talk with each other enough. And I think it's due to, again, like a lot of times we don't like you go in like I want to I'm going to I'm going to say what I want to say. And I just want to say my my piece and then I'm done. Right. Right. And that's fine sometimes. But sometimes I feel like if you have any important discussion and it's a complicated issue, <clears throat> um you're more than likely wrong about something. You're wrong in some small way, probably. And so when you have a discussion like that, then what you have to have is the two people have to have the same goal in mind above them, which is the truth, right? So you both, you have this discussion, and I have a little bit of the truth, but I've got some lies and I've got some errors and some, and some, some fake facts, and this person has the same thing on their side. And so when we talk, 
you just spit out this and you spit out this. But unless we're there to correct each other and and you have to do that by listening, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing to keep in mind is to actually not be there to make your point, but be there to actually find out what the truth is. And that's hard to do, especially with these podcasts, because, you know, <laughs> somebody's going to make a short a clip and you're like, oh, I mm-hmm. just can't look like an idiot. Right. So right. I got to constantly say the right thing. And I got you know, that's why it's when you you get people who dance around like they're like, I don't want to talk about that, you know, because I don't want to say anything that somebody's going to be offended by what, and what they're going to criticize about? me. Yeah, exactly. what are, what, What's the topic? Mm-hmm. Like nobody just ever wants to wing it either because they want to like. Sound like they know what they're talking about. That's true. Have to learn how to yeah. slow down. Yeah. You got to slow down. And I think the best way, you know, I think like speaking, good speech is a lot like living a good life. Mm. It need You need to have a direction for the conversation, but you shouldn't have a script because a conversation can't be scripted. Right. Otherwise, it's not a it's not a conversation. I don't trust it's not the conversation. Real, it's not raw. It's not uncut. Right. You know, that's the thing. Because the whole thing about a conversation is to figure out something you didn't know. And how can you write into a script something you you didn't know? It's like, well, you didn't know, right? Like when you're discovering new information and you're realizing new things. So it can't be scripted. And so the same way you live your life is you should have an idea of what the greater goal is, you know. And then you kind of stumble along and you, you know, you keep getting closer and closer and you mess up, you know. And that's how it is with the conversation, I think, is you got to have... An idea, okay, where are we going? It's like, well, you can be super general. You can be super abstract. Just the truth, okay? The truth about X, okay? So then we have, okay, somewhere, so we can we can point ourselves in that direction and we can try and go there. And so when you have a life that's really crazy and messed up or you have a conversation that's ridiculous and, you know, incoherent, um, it's a similar problem as a life without direction until you see you go a mile this way and then you backtrack and then you go that way and that way and you have no overall progress in any large in any direction largely. And the same thing with a conversation that goes all over the place, you know, it's like it could be fun, but it can be purposeless and absolutely, you know, you know, just pointless, you know. Yeah. And so that's the thing, you know, it's like yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with that 100%. Errol before we end this podcast, <laughs> do you have any questions that you want to ask my little brother, Silas? I don't no. think you two have ever been in the room before together. Not podcast, no. Yeah. I've met him before, but no, I don't have any specific questions. Can you beat Jared up? Can I beat Jared up? <laughs> <laughs> Probably can right now. That's why I have a gun. Yeah. yeah. That's why I have a gun. Okay. At a certain point, your little brother. See, but you're does older, so you're supposed to be wiser. So you're supposed to fight with the smarts, not not the brawn, right? Exactly. Yeah. He got the upper hand already. <laughs> Earlier, we were all having a conversation while we were on break, talking about how people used to kill people with these things, and how slow and painful it would be. And, <laughs> Yeah, eventually human beings decided, and gratefully for a lot of people, I'm sure, who have died at the hand of a gun, mm-hmm. eventually people decided this is an inefficient way to kill a human being, right? It's it's very long, it's arduous, it's painful, you know, so we have to become intelligent. So when it comes with me and my little brother, he's strong now, okay? I have to grow. 
<laughs> I have to become more intelligent, and I had to buy a gun. <laughs> so the gun, little do people know, yeah. wasn't wasn't to protect myself from criminals. It was all for when Silas eventually got his muscles. Wow. <laughs> I got here. So, yeah, but uh, it's okay. I come in peace. I come in peace. Good. That's I'm, what we uh, want. Um, I'm a representative of uh, the Jackson household. Yeah. You know? Um, so... Yep, we're just we're that's just probably here a good with, thing for you guys goodwill. too. Having brothers that are competitive, it keeps you on your toes. Oh, oh it's the best thing ever. And you know, yeah. I don't think I don't think there's anything, you know, that's more that's more fun than having some you know for a guy than having some dudes you really love, but like you can like man, you can throw down with them, you know, oh, yeah. and and that kind of thing, and you have that competitive like you know like like being set like I'll push Seth and he pushes me back, you know, and you got that, <laughs> you know, it's just like you know it's gonna happen, you know, you have you to, know? you and, have to, and also I don't want guys in my circle that can't push back, right, right, you know, it was one of those things I was I was listening to this guy talk and he said. If I'm if we're out at, you know, the club or whatever and I go to the bathroom and I come back out and someone's like punching my 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 bro, he said, We're taking him out and then I'm gonna find out whether or not you deserved it after. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we're know? just gonna go and right. like, line dude. Right. Up. Right. He's like and then he's like, Bro, I was like, Oh, you hit on his girl. I was like, Bro, you shouldn't hit on oh. his girl, you know. Now right. we just laid right. out three of these dudes. You know, like we knocked out all these dudes and you had it coming, come you know? On, man. But that's the kind of thing, you know, you don't like you gotta have somebody that can actually have your back and so yeah. We absolutely it's really have cool. that. It's really cool. I yeah. had a friend growing up like that, I was like most of the time I'm like, Man, what did you do? <laughs> I was yeah. like, you know, most of the time he was the instigator. Yeah. yeah. Or like he was causing the problem most of the time. Sucks. Mm-hmm. When you Not always, like but most that. of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Silas. Mm-hmm. Closing thoughts. Anything you want to say to the people out there? life lesson, words of advice, words of encouragement, anything, what do you got to say before we close this out? Um, you know, something I tell myself throughout the day, um, as you know, I encounter things that annoy me or things that are difficult. Um, I say that I'm grateful for these struggles. Um, and I'm grateful and I'm grateful because this is what forges me, and that's why I appreciate it. So I'm grateful for the struggles, and um, and I don't surrender. I say there's there's no surrender. I think um, mom and dad taught me everything but how to surrender. So I'm not bending the knee, and that's how you gotta you gotta be with life. There's Beautiful. no surrender. Beautiful, I love it. Skis. Good good words, man. Good note to end on, right? <laughs> good note to end on. Cue the music, man. <laughs> the music has been cued, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The skis has spoken. <laughs> Silas Jackson has joined us on the show. We got skis, Silas, and myself. We'll catch you guys in the next podcast. Peace. 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 What's cooler than that? Well, keep it simple, stupid.